Today, we're talking about how to use rituals to show up and speak up, as well as how good I would look in a quinceanero dress. Welcome to the Growing Up With Kids <laughs> podcast. Unbelievable. I'm David. This is Rachel. How are you doing tonight? <laughs> Good. I wish I had like a clever remark every time you do your stupid opening, but I don't. We're stuck with this. It, here it is. <laughs> I wanted to start on a high note of parenting. Yeah. So we had a really good day today in nutrition. Yeah. In nutrition news. Yeah. <laughs> Our kids ate French toast for breakfast uh-huh. and French toast for lunch. Yep. And they served it at the school. <laughs> big win. Yep. They won. I mean, that's a big win for them. I told yeah. them to eat a boiled egg from the school, but I'm pretty sure that didn't, that didn't happen. happen. Yeah. So they do the same five breakfasts every week. Right. And then lunch is more diverse throughout the month. Like, I don't know if there's right. 20, but there's a bunch. Um, so I don't. Every Thursday is French Toast Breakfast Day. Yeah. I'm not sure why they put French Toast Lunch Day on a Thursday. Yeah. For kids who eat both it's lunch probably, and breakfast school. I mean, school. beginning of the school year. I'm and sure they're the just chef. like, we're just going to sugar them up. Yeah. <laughs> Get these teachers really angry. Yeah. I think it was, it was an oversight. I think so too. But they <laughs> thought it was awesome. They all got home today and they were like, today was such a delicious day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I uh, I made the chicken wrong tonight for dinner. But it was good. Yeah. I didn't make them eat the wrong chicken. They were, they ate the chicken I did right. Right. But I you tried the, the, you chicken. tried the wrong chicken, the you mayo know, chicken. To be really honest, I would eat. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really pay attention to what I, you do, David. Well, I don't care what you make as long as it's made because <laughs> I don't like because <laughs> I don't like making dinner. So So this is a weird confession that I didn't expect to do on the podcast. Oh, but I was gonna say that I that I don't like making dinner every night. No, it's the opposite. There is nothing I enjoy more than getting home and you you guys all being out and having like 30 <laughs> minutes to make dinner by myself. That's not nothing more really than Do you really like the making dinner part or yeah. is it just like oh, yeah. being alone? I put on some music or a podcast really? and then I just, it's, it's like I'm productive, yeah. but I get to sort of have my own space, be you in the know, house. I'm not at work. It's we nice. could put that in place. I mean, like... Every day from 5.30 would, to 6.30, you go I out. If I would have to sacrifice, I could do that. I, I'm telling you. <laughs> It's weird that we're talking about this right now, but I'm telling you that if I came home at six every day and you were not here, I would make dinner in a heartbeat. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Because dinner is like... I mean, not literally in a heartbeat. It takes like 30 minutes to make dinner. I know, but dinner is like the bane of my existence. Like as a mom, I never understood my mom when when we would come home from college. (laughs) I still don't understand your mom. I'm just kidding. She's good. Well, she wouldn't really want to cook much and I never really understood that. I was like, don't you miss us? Don't we want to have family dinner? Now I understand. You don't think you're going to want to cook when our kids are like older, when they come home from college? You know, college? I think I'm going to need a break. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs> like a 20-year break and then they'll I have mean, kids. <laughs> when I came home from college, it was like I would come home... It was too soon for my mom. Like, she needed some healing time, you know? <laughs> and your sister was still there. And my sister was still there. Yeah, she was still cooking. The yeah. So I just think after cooking for three boys, I yeah. am just going to need some healing time. That's an interesting thought experiment. I'd imagine we'll be less excited for our oldest to come home because we'll still have two <laughs> others in the house yeah. than when our youngest leaves and any of them come home at that point. We'll be and like, so glad to see them. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. 
I think but, you're right. But we'll see. I mean, we'll see how these guys turn out. Yeah, Who knows? Let's just get them to that point. Let's do it. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> that is like making a tremendous assumption that they're all going to get to that point. Yeah. <laughs> like as functional humans. Uh, they're reasonably functional so far. So they far, so are. Good. They're great. I just, am, um, it's more a, an, yeah. a, a tribute to our parenting. <laughs> And then to Just them. remember, French toast, two meals a day. Yeah, buddy. It's like, welcome to college early. Yeah, that's right. So what are we talking about today? Rituals? Rituals, yeah. We just came from, we. well, we just um, sent all our kids back to school for the year. And yeah, buddy. before our oldest went into middle school, mm-hmm. you did a really cool thing for um, our oldest. So we wanted to talk about that today. First of all, yes. what... Um, why do you think that we need rituals? Um, so you and I have both been influenced by things we've read and just talking to people over the last few years that uh, we sort of broadly as a modern culture don't really mark time very well. So mark time in uh, people's lives, like when they achieve things or hit certain points. Um, and I would say that I didn't have a lot of um, sort of mile markers in my childhood. I had a few. Um, yeah. I remember, I think it was called, uh, it wasn't cat, my first catechism. It was like uh, uh, confirmation is mm-hmm. what we did in my church. Um, I remember that. Obviously, like actually graduating is sort of a marker, but there mm-hmm. were no like familial or other types of markers of like ritual of, okay, now you're a young man or now you're whatever. Right. Um, did you have a lot growing up? Or any? No. I mean, I remember receiving my Bible from the church, like, because we did, mm-hmm. it was called Profession of Faith. Um, and then, of course, graduation. But um, no, and that, that probably would have been beneficial for me because I, like, thrive on the attention and the affirmation, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like, when I think of it for our kids, I think of, like, how I feel when I'm promoted at work or someone says, good job, and, like, says, I see more in you, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I want to do a better job. Right. And so I think that in some ways, these rituals, like, that's what we're doing is we're promoting our kids. So we just promoted our oldest from fifth grade into middle school, sixth grade. And you sort of joke self-deprecatingly about liking the attention, but I think there's something in all of us that wants to be recognized, wants to be noticed, and needs and craves sort of being spoken into, like yes. called higher, told who we are, all that sort of stuff. So when you say told who we are, like, mm-hmm. can you describe that? That seems like strange language. Um, I, so what I've experienced in our marriage, I'll start there is oh, dear God, just pure joy. <laughs> it's been pure joy every day <laughs> for 15 years and three months. You're counting the months? Are you counting You're the welcome. days? You're welcome. That was good. That was impressive. That was. I, that I was off slightly. It's actually almost four months. Two days. Um, oh my gosh. Hours? You want to go? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so in our marriage, we're two well, high-functioning adults. We benefit still from each other being able to look at our spouse and be able to tell the truth about who we are because both of us, and I think probably most people, if not all people, sort of struggle with uh, lies that they believe in their head or their heart, uh, things they've either heard their, throughout their life or have made up <laughs> almost on their own. And so you are able to look at me and correct when I'm too hard on myself and also to correct when I'm too high on certain parts of myself. 
Um, like Never. my abs. Like your abs. <laughs> my my two pack abs. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it's a similar concept of when people are outside of us but really know us, they can say, "This is what I see in you. This is the good I see in you. This is how you've changed for the better. This is where you're headed." And I think that's especially significant and meaningful for children who are changing a lot. Yeah. Um, and are also hearing a lot of lies or half truths about who they are or who they're supposed to be or what life is supposed to look like or what it means to be a man or a woman. Yeah. And it just, it goes beyond the like pat on the head, good jobs Mm -hmm. that we sort of like send out really, I mean, pretty frequently. Like I think every day I'm thinking like, okay, I have to encourage my kids. And so frequently I'll sort of like give a half ass like, Hey, really good job. Or, hey, nice work. Hey, I'm (laughs) proud of you, which I mean, like, I mean all of those things, right? But it's sort of like, there's nothing separate or unique about it because I am, I'm an encouraging mom, you know? We had a, I had a situation a couple months ago where I said, I'm proud of you to one of our sons. And he just turned around and goes, why? Like, admittedly very interested and I was like oh, I wasn't prepared for specifics <laughs> think on your feet think on your feet I mean I am proud of him and I took a minute to really you know speak really specific truth into him but yeah uh, but that was a distinction right like yeah. we don't frequently or like it's not a, at least in our house or for me it's not like a daily practice where I right. am like sitting them down and saying hey I'm really proud of yeah. you because of how you added two plus two today right. like you didn't do that or, before and yeah. now you're progressing but like this is a the ritual is a set apart moment yes so I think that brings us to this ritual that we wanted to do, something that I've been thinking about, we've talked about over the years, um, and wanted to do our probably first one, first major one like this, uh, as they step into middle school. Cause I think that's a pretty significant change in life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, our son even came home from the first day of middle school. Mm-hmm. I was like laying in bed and I said, how did the day go? And he goes, you know, I've taken a really big step in my life. Like he <laughs> feels him. it, you know, yeah. it, it was, it was good. Yeah. So, um, wanted it to be unique. Um, and I don't want to overuse the word significant, but something that he would re- remember. So there were a few things that, uh, we had kind of talked through and a few kind of attributes that I wanted to make sure were part of what we did. Yeah. Uh, what, what were those? So, One was, it was really important for him to hear outside voices. To your point about us saying, oh, I'm so proud of you, or I love you. I remember my mom, (laughs) this is total aside, but I remember playing um, Little League or whatever the equivalent of uh, football was. And my mom hated that I played football, and I wasn't very good at it. But I remember finishing a game, and I was smaller than most of the kids on the team. And uh, she was like, oh, you did so great. And I was like, you have to say that. You're my mom. (laughs) And it was true. Like she Accurate. didn't, yep. she didn't really know if I did well or not. She was proud of me, Yeah. but she would have been proud of me almost no matter what. Right. Right. Um, so it was important for him to hear our son, like yeah. this is jumping back Sorry, to yeah. us. For our son to hear from people who were not his mom or dad, um, but who knew him. So having outside voices of people who knew him, uh, we were able to, you know, identify, uh, I guess five men who I think all of them have known him since he was two and most of them have known him since he was born. Yeah. They've been friends for a long time for sure. Yeah. And so 
and we've spent a fair amount of time with them here in uh, Atlanta. We've some of them we've been on vacations with, maybe all of them actually in some capacity or another. Um, they have seen him grow up um, in different uh, you know venues, yeah. Uh, and so they were going to be able to speak uh, to him. So it was important for outside voices. It was important for those voices to be older men. Um, one of the things that came up uh, during the time was someone said that the friendships that I have with these men uh, and that they have with me and we all have with each other is not necessarily uh, a foregone conclusion when you're an adult. Like it is Mm. harder to make friends and that the fact that those men were there for our son uh, spoke to their friendship with me and their relationship Mm -hmm. with me. And I think that was a significant thing for him to see um, and experience some of that. Absolutely. Absolutely agree. And so Outside voices, older men um, wanted it to be a little bit unique and different, even if it ended up merging or verging on weird. <laughs> um, right. like I think at first he thought, like, what is going on? So yeah. we walked to a friend's house um, at, right around his bedtime. So his brothers were going to bed. Uh, and we got to this friend's house who he, he knows and he knows their sons. Um, and you prearranged it with the friend, right? I mean, yeah, like, we just showed up, <laughs> hockey masks <laughs> and chainsaws. I'm just trying to clarify so that people understand, yeah. like, well, we this get was there, pre-arranged. And there's a fire going, and there's five seats around this fire, and then there's this random, like, drink cart <laughs> thing. So yeah. uh, it was supposed to be different. It was not like we're just going to go hang out or go have a meal together or do the things we often do, get donuts or what have you. It was going to be something unique and different that hopefully would kind of sear in his mind a little yeah. bit. Even if he was sort of like, what are we doing around a fire with a bunch <laughs> of old guys? <laughs> yeah. Um, so. And wasn't his first question like, where's like the host has a son that he plays yeah, he's like, with. Can he's go, like, can I go play with so-and-so? And I was like, nope. <laughs> Cause <laughs> he didn't know what you. we were doing. We didn't, he didn't know where we were going. Um, but yeah, that was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Um, and then wanted it to feel a certain level of exclusivity. So his brothers were invited. Um, right. You know, it was a small group of people. Uh, it was kind of wanted it to feel and, and be unique to him sure. uh, and his experience. Um, and, you know, and wanted it to have a little bit of what I would call whimsy. So the fire, even though it was, it was, it had to be like 98 degrees. It was so hot, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, as it was getting dark, it was kind of cool looking. Um, and it was neat to sit around the fire and talk for a little while. Um, we did it outdoors in the backyard and I, you know, that drink cart, I had bought some beer for the men and, um, just some various sodas in glass bottles. Cause he loves Coke in particular, <laughs> yeah. um, not a sponsor. And he loves drinking out of glass bottles cause he loves to collect dress glass bottles. Um, and, uh, so was able to kind of do that and that was sort of fun for him as well. Um, and then, so did you? So mm-hmm. did you have this all set up before? I'm just trying to get like a really good picture. So you had this all set up beforehand, and your friend like helped you start the fire. Everything was set up, and you guys walked over there. It was yeah. a surprise. So I and had then, I had reached out to um, five men, four of whom live in uh, Atlanta with us, and one who used to and knows him really well. Sure. Um, and asked them to write something, and I'd give them some guidelines. So really, the guidelines were one. I'd like you to communicate what you see in him. What are the the good things about him and his character and who he is and who God is making him. 
uh, to maybe speak a little bit about their experience from middle school or things they wish they had known going into mm. middle school. Yeah. Um, and then kind of challenge him or encourage him to continue to grow and, and to be, you know, become more and more of a young man. Uh, and then the other thing that I, so they all knew about that like two weeks in advance and had some time to write that. I had coordinated with one of those friends to utilize his backyard. Um, he had a fire pit. Uh, and so I had gotten some firewood and brought it over and bought all the drinks and brought those over in advance. And so the last piece of that was each of the men read what they had written for him, one of them over the phone from out of town, and then handed him um, either a printout or a note card that they had written out. Cause that was kind of the last thing is I wanted him to have something physical that he could go back and look at, um, that had some or most of the words that were spoken to him that day mm-hmm. and had each of those men's name on it. Um, I also wanted to put it like in a cool box and like make it more memorable and just never got around to it. So yeah, <laughs> it was, I think it was that's an imperfect an first try. <laughs> well, I think that's an important point to bring up is that like, it doesn't need to be like super extravagant. Like, um, I mean, I remember really mm-hmm. distinctly going to my friend's bat mitzvah. She was a messianic Jew and she like, it was this, it was a huge party as any bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah usually is amazing, significant moment. Yeah. But like, I think what I'm hearing you say is like, I put forth, um, effort and planning. I showed up and I had something that felt exclusive for him. Um, and I spoke and I was encouraging, like those are the Mm -hmm. important elements and it doesn't necessarily be need to be like a special X, Y, and Z or like going over the top. It didn't have to be a big deal. It didn't have to cost a lot of money. It wasn't a ton of production. Yes. It was the fact that we, a ton, a ton of planning. no, No. And it wasn't very long. Like the whole thing was like 30 minutes. Right. And all that was was five guys spending four minutes talking to him exactly and, and sort of it was sort of funny like we finished up and everyone's kind of sitting there and we're all finishing our sodas or what beer or what have you and it's kind of the moment when guys would just talk and hang out but it was a little bit funny because we had an 11 year old there and <laughs> so we didn't all know what to talk <laughs> so about like, okay. so it was kind of awkward silence that's really that funny was, yeah it was good so hopefully he'll forget that part and remember the rest <laughs> he probably doesn't even know i mean like yeah. when you're 11 i don't remember anything socially awkward because i just had no clue yeah i just figured everything was socially awkward yeah. and it was my fault <laughs> <laughs> well i just think that it's so like it's such a neat um, tradition to put into place, like not just for boys. I don't mm-hmm. know what it would look like for girls because we don't have any, but for kids to feel like they have been promoted or are progressing into yeah. something, like I just think there's there are a lot of kids who are still living at home, not necessarily parents' fault or like no mm-hmm. blame, but it just like speaks to our culture and how quickly we sort of dismiss things like this that do grow our children into something, like give them some vision for where they're headed. Yeah, I think that's right. And I I don't know that much about girls not being one nor having any sure. at this point. Well, I but, am one, but yes. Yes, I have a wife, yes. <laughs> uh, but I would imagine a lot of the tenets are the same, right? The actors might be different uh, in that you would want women. The activity or the ambiance might be very different. It's but probably the, crafts. Probably not. (laughs) Not in our house. It wouldn't be. Um, But, but you know, the concept of creating an exclusive and special experience and speaking into a woman's heart the same way that we tried to speak into our son's heart is, you know, I would think pretty transferable. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that means it's time (laughs) for Stat 
of the week. Yeah! So we're talking about rituals, and I actually coincidentally uh, had a colleague of mine from D.C. in town, and she came by the office today for a couple hours, and we met and uh, hung out and worked on a few things. But she's in town because she's going to one of her best friend's daughter's quinceanera. Yes, I love the dresses at the quinceanera. Yeah, do you remember our yes. <laughs> one of our when sons we... <laughs> telling you that you should get a quinceanera yes. dress? Yeah, he because didn't know it was like a were. princess dress. He thought it would, you would look like a princess. In absolutely, one of them. I would. Yeah, he was, he was absolutely right, <laughs> and I I regret not buying you that quinceanera dress <laughs> oh that gosh. day because it would take up like half our closet. <laughs> it would. It would. So I found a, uh, a 2009 quinceanera report from Mi Padrino. Do you know what Padrino means in Spanish? Um, I don't. It means patron. So okay. apparently they have patrons or like it's kind of like a godfather type of concept uh-huh. who often, or I guess it could be godmother, who end up paying for a lot of the quinceanera. They sort of sponsor the child. Really? That's what I gathered from my about 14 minutes of research. Oh my gosh. But the quinceanera <laughs> report did have some statistics can you guess what the average cost of a quinceanera is in the United States? Oh, my gosh. Let's see. All right. I'm going to guess. I, You know, I have no idea. Like, I want to say either like $2,000 mm-hmm. or $30,000. It's in between those two. It is $21,781. <gasps> no way. So. Wow. Something. More than we budgeted for our wedding, but maybe not more than we spent on our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> or not we, your father yeah. and mother spent <laughs> yeah. on our wedding. Um, yeah. And what do you think the average guest like number is for one of these? Oh, man. Let's see. $21,000. Mm-hmm. I am guessing maybe like 150 people, 200 people. 212. Wow. Which is essentially, is that $100 per head if I'm uh-huh. doing the math right? Roughly. So. Wow. That is crazy, isn't yeah. it? It's a, and that's for a child that's how old? 15. Quinceanero means 15. Or quince Qu- means 15. Quinceanero does not mean 15, but, you quince know. Does. Yeah, quince does. Yeah. You're, you're <laughs> taking my you're D plus Spanish skills. <laughs> when, mine were, when mine were a C minus, yes. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Hola. Donde esta el baño? It's el baño. Anyway, so that's what uh, that's what I know about quinceañeras. And I'm excited to hear from my colleague about her friend's daughter's quinceañera because I've oh, never I actually been to one. Pictures. Yeah, um, I would fun. love to go to one. Yeah. That'd be amazing. I'd imagine it's uh, a whole whole lot of fun. And with that, Rachel, I bid you adieu. Thank you so much adieu. for working on the farm. Hey, thanks you for working on the farm. All right, till next time. Check yeah.